what's going on? Greetings and good day, and welcome back to another edition of Birds All Day. I believe it's the 137th, maybe even the 138th. I haven't looked. I had iTunes open and I closed it. That's how I count. Uh, my name is Drew Fairservice, and we are here talking about your Toronto Blue Jays in the middle of November. Uh, the GM meetings have just passed, and oh, oh, what a wealth of, of talking points they provided us. Um, as the Blue Jays uh, presumably were there, the general manager, who is Ross Atkins. I assume he goes with Mark Shapiro to those sorts of things. But uh, he goes, who he knows? Goes, the he goes in his suitcase. Mark takes him in the suitcase. and uh... I'd like to think of it more of like a sidecar thing. I think <laughs> suitcase is demeaning. More of like Mark Shapiro pulls on his Goggles Paisano specials. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and Ross Atkins hops in the sidecar and off they go and have a great time. Um, uh, that, of course, is the voice of uh, the man known only as Old Reliable. Uh, Mr. Andrew Stoughton. Mr. Andrew Stoughton, Stoughton, how are you, uh, as usual? Or uh, Old Reliable? I don't know how we do this. Stoughton, how are you? Yeah, I'm fine. Ready to uh, you have been Old Reliable. Ago. I blew through this uh, two nights ago when we were supposed to record. Because uh, I was just dog, uh, dead dog tired, you know? And I fell asleep. And then uh, last night we had our wires crossed, but here we are. A little, a little bit late, but still, it's all good. Yeah, getting it done it's, it's, for the people. Getting it done. Get it done for the people. Um, so the last, so the last time, of course, the last one, the last episode of this um, was uh, there was only one thing to talk about, and uh, I think people seem to respond uh, positive to positively as positively as they can to such a, a dire um, show. But now we're back to the regular programming here um, in November, which means there's nothing to fucking talk about. Uh, nothing's happened. The, that this, uh, as I believe you made this point two weeks ago, even that at this point in the offseason, the Blue Jays had already assigned Kedris Morales. Yeah, last uh, year. Yeah. Last year, um, which is good because even now I even wrote it down as a as a as a show note, uh, unrelated to this intro. But I'm already mad at Kedris Morales right now because there are lots of guys the Blue Jays could for like Lucas Duda is just sitting out there, and to me. He would be perfect for the 2018 Blue Jays. He ticks many of the boxes. I guess they're not dissimilar from the boxes that say Kendrys Morales ticks, but I don't know. Yeah, I'm just I'm just not into it. Okay, Morales is it's not his fault, but if he was good, it would be a completely other situation. But uh, he is not, or he was not I last think... year. And and you know, uh, yeah, hit some more balls in the air, and maybe figure out how to lay off on the curve. It's a lot to ask of a guy who is you know. How, uh, however old he is, which is, you know, a couple years younger than me, meaning ancient. Well, I think it's more that Kendrick Morales came in with an expectation. And when, when I think about his numbers, off, or how his, he produced this year, I don't think it was too far off what I would have envisioned. I mean, I don't know that he was great or average or anything like that. But I'm sure that the style of production that he provided was similar. So he hit... 28 home runs. He actually was a little bit below average. But the fact that Kendrick Morales is only good at doing one thing and the baseballs in 2017 were such that everyone could do the one thing that Kendrick Morales did and he did it worse, not better, which is just garbage. Like maybe you should have, he could have, I don't know. Yeah, and it, I mean, it was supposed shit. to be, it was supposed to be coming into Rogers Center was going to help him getting out of Kansas City. Uh, might even bump up those power numbers a bit. Um and uh, no, it didn't. It, it didn't at all. It was, it was his it power was numbers. His power numbers weren't dissimilar to the other years. His uh, ISO was one ninety six. Uh, this year it was two hundred four. The year before, one ninety five. The year before that, it was two years in Kansas City. Uh, so it's not like he dropped off the map. There, it's it was everything else, mm-hmm. right? He stopped getting on base. That's he that's stopped, the real uh, issue. Yeah, and then when he does, he I mean, I, I you know we've. We don't need to go 10 years in the past and talk about base cloggers, but uh, the, the lack of team speed, though, I think that some people view it as, uh, you know, speed is just going to fix everything, and speed by itself is, is you know, a bigger asset than it really is because it needs to obviously come uh, in concert with the ability to hit and get on base and all that other stuff. Uh, yeah, it fucking sucked to watch him have, you know, clogging around those goddamn bases. I mean... There's there, there's slow and then there's bad base runners and then there's a guy like Andrews Morales who's kind of both, mm-hmm. right? He's not a he didn't doesn't reach high speeds but he's not as you know clever a base runner as uh, you know there's always a slow guy that people love to give credit 
you know, Pujols, for example, or someone who, who is a savvy base runner who's out there and, and doing smart stuff, even though he's not the speedster that he once was. Uh, Morales is not that. Morales is just slow and he's bad. He's like a, you know, uh, I'm willing to, to again, uh, to echo your point to an extent. Like, yeah, yeah, the idea of base cloggers, the ideas of these guys who are just out there standing around, our thinking has kind of come, not maybe not at 180, but now there's you can stomach a little bit of bad base running um, to, to a point, but then Morales to me is like beyond that. Like he's just, he's truly bad and it's reflected in his terrible base running numbers. He doesn't take the extra base. He gets thrown out when he does. And those things don't go well together. But, it, and, and, but to your point, like the Blue Jays are, a, were not a great base running team last year because yeah. of the smokes and whomever else and <laughs> Bautista and, yeah, I, I think Morales, I think it's easy to make Morales or a, a lot of guys really like emblematic of what was really a pretty good failure up and down the lineup of the team this year, and and you know we've gone over it a lot, but obviously Bautista being as terrible as he was was uh, was a huge part of it, and and just you know the the lack of success on the whole uh, makes it feel worse maybe than it is sometimes. Like, I guess what I'm about to say is that you know like Kendrick Morales, the way that he played last year could still be a piece on a team that's okay. It's just uh, he's a guy, and you know, because we're talking about Lucas Duda as a, as an upgrade. I mean, it's not like we're gonna uh, we're pining for for you know the greatest player in the world to come in and take that spot. But it's it's uh, he could be an all right guy on a on a decent team, but there's just not enough surrounding him, or there wasn't last year, uh, and the shape of that team was not uh, was not ideal either. Uh, so I mean, you could it, I've seen fans pick on Kendrys because of the the slowness and the, and, and I mean, the on-base thing is fair game. The slowness is fair game too, but it's, uh, uh, if he was one of one slow guys on the team, that would be a different story. But when he's one of seven or eight mm-hmm. or nine, uh, you feel that a lot more. Absolutely. And, and it isn't to say that all fast guys are good base runners. I mean, Pilar, uh, I don't think it, it kind of sits in my memory. Similarly, that he's not a great, Base runner, he's never been a great base dealer despite grabbing, you know, still 15 bases last year. He was only a one run above above average as a base runner by the base run stat that Fangraphs keeps, for example. So to me, that sort of adds up in my head. But anyway, we're not talking about, well, this is kind of talking about, you're right, the Blue Jays were a bad base running team uh, because the Blue Jays were in a lot of ways bad uh, this year, which is the fault of one man and one man only. Uh, Alex Anthopoulos. Yeah, absolutely. He is the person <laughs> with whom this failure must be saddled. Just like the 2016 success when the Blue Jays made the playoffs and, and advanced to within two games of the World Series, uh, the success of that team was due exclusively to Alex Anthopoulos. So it kind of cuts both ways. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's the way that it works when you're the general manager of a Major League Baseball team, which Alex Anthopoulos is once again. He was given the head job answering to no one in Atlanta, Georgia, as the new general manager and baseball guy of the Atlanta Braves. So congratulations to Alex Anthopoulos, who is obviously a favorite around these parts. Except for you, you were you were maybe beating the beating the the ground a little bit early on uh, maybe Alex Anthopoulos is bad. I wouldn't go. I, I I defended him for a long time, and I, I I don't know. I tried to to view it fairly. I I will still say, and I said at the time, you know, when when Shapiro came in. Uh, Anthopoulos deserved to keep his job and to keep building this team and to keep, you know, to keep going. I, I think that that was unfortunate. You know, I, I think that the Blue Jays, uh, unlike a lot of fans, I, I think, you know, the Blue Jays did pretty okay for themselves in the executives that they did bring over. But, uh, uh, and, and there are certainly pros and cons in uh, Alex's record. And I, I'm not maybe as uh, as forgiving of some of the, the cons, Uh as some people are, I think on both in the 2015 deals and some of the deals before, which a lot of people uh, have completely forgotten. Basically, you know, I, I I view it, and I wrote this for the Athletic this week. Uh, you know, his uh, what he did, he was just sort of always trying to make up for those deals that he made in 2013 that did not go so well. And I saw someone, I think it was Blue Jay Hunter this week. I think Ian was like, "What oh, did management force his hand in 2013? Was that you know trying to trying to wash the stink of that off of him?" Which I think is. Uh, misguided um mm. to say to be to be polite about it um but no i, I don't want to i don't want to allow myself to be painted as a, a hater of anthopolis i think that some of the uh 
just the polarizing extremes uh, of where the, the conversation went after he left and, you know, about Shapiro and about the differences between the two uh, painted him as such a... As, as such a beacon and such a golden boy in the eyes of so many people uh, that I've pushed back against that and I, you know and about and and I, I like what Shapiro's doing on high performance modernizing all that shit uh, but no I, I I think it's a it's a good get for Atlanta I think it's nice I mean I'm, it, it's gonna be tough when they find out he's a foreigner um, <laughs> but uh, but no I think that's a smart move by Atlanta and it's nice to see him uh, back in the game he's gonna have to. It's gonna to have to convince the the National League to uh, to adopt the DH though, so that he can acquire Joey Votto to go along with Freddie Freeman. Is the only unfortunate thing. <laughs> um, uh, one thing that I will say about um, Anthopolis. Uh, sorry, but I'll, let me before I get to that, I'll, I would do. I want to joke. Uh, you joked about him being a foreigner, and I, and I think that in some ways that's might be the best thing for a team like Atlanta. Um, to because they have had a very kind of like culture that's set in stone, and that team was very very good for a long time, and then uh, then now they have they have not been, and then they were good, and then they blew it up, and but I mean I think the Braves' way has been very um, locked in for a long time, and and for that I think that bringing in somebody new is is definitely a, uh, can 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 provide. A nice reset, um, and at a time when the organization is primed to kind of, they've gone through this rebuild. They've got a new stadium. They've got a farm system teeming with talent. Um, a beautiful and, White Flight Park, yes, yes. White Flight Park <laughs> is is wonderful, uh, and they are ready to fill that mall with more of the mallish goodness that uh, that all those minor league trinkets will then produce um, in exchange for uh, you know for older older players and uh, the, the Braves will be you know as soon as they can get rid of Nick Marcakis they'll be fine but, uh, but yeah I, I don't know there's... Matt Kemp might be a, an even bigger problem yeah Matt Kemp is not a not an asset <laughs> but uh, you know Anthopolis has done worse before in terms of his ability to um, to to spin gold out of that kind of yarn by just making that yarn go be somebody else's problem uh, such as it is uh, one thing I do I I, I I found interesting was, I don't know who it was. Somebody was kind of, uh, Anthopolis did the rounds. And of course, as he does, he comes on, you know, the local radio stations here in, in Toronto and people ask him about stuff about the Blue Jays. And he says as many of the right things as he can um, while not saying anything, which is what he kind of does. But uh, there, there, I don't know if it was you or a couple of people kind of were parsing, parsing some quotes, I think, that were a little bit um, interesting about, about about working with people. And, and there was there were lines in there that I that I think it was easy to take them as not being charitable, maybe towards the, uh, the current brain trust of the Toronto Blues. Do you remember what I'm talking about? Do you know? I, and, I know exactly they, what you're talking about. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he talked about the value of people that he works with and, and the, believing in them and them believing in him. And I very quickly, because I know, you know, you see where that's going. Uh, I'm like, I, you know, I maybe read that. I don't think I said maybe because, you know, on Twitter, when, even even with the expanded number of characters, uh, you know, one, one still must be uh, brevity is your friend. Uh, so, but mm-hmm. I, I think I said, you know, I, I read that as perhaps I think I didn't say perhaps either, uh, being about you know Rogers and the way that the higher ups there uh, brought in a baseball ops guy, brought in a guy who was clearly there was going to be conflict with uh, with Anthopolis did it at a time when they probably thought that. You know, it would have been the right time for the GM to go because it, this this was all happening behind the scenes as the you know deadline deals were uh, were being uh, were being done or were being worked on. Uh, you know, when the team was not the ridiculous juggernaut that it became in the second half of 2015. Um, and so I so I thought I theorized uh, that the, this could be you know the. Beeston was his great sort of benefactor, Alex's, and I think everybody thought, you know, for years, people, again, stuff that people forget is that I don't know that his job was ever necessarily in jeopardy, but it was certainly part of the conversation. And I think people sort of thought, well, as long as Beeston's here, Anthopolis is going to be here. And then when Beeston's contract runs out, we'll see where it goes. Uh, and we all know how that fucking story went. But I, I suspected perhaps uh, that could have been more about ownership than about Shapiro. And then people were very quickly like, no, no, I've heard that that 
you know, the the meeting about the uh, Shapiro scolding him. Uh, uh, baseball Jen Jen Smith, who does stuff for uh, BP Toronto, was like, "Yeah, I've heard that story is true and worse than it's been reported." Uh, and a couple mm-hmm. people d- DM'd me about that, and we're like, "Yeah, yeah, I heard." Uh, I heard st- somebody said that uh, they paraphrased, but it was like, "Oh, Shapiro said something like, uh, like." Like, you bet. I hope you don't think you're a top five GM after these trades because you're not. <laughs> Something like that. Wow. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, that perhaps was about Shapiro and about that 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 whole situation. Um, but I think that's that to me. That's the thing that I maybe took away from it. I, I again, maybe that's charitable. Maybe that's because I've I've met Alex Anthopoulos and, and talked to him, you know, a bunch of times. And I can't say that about the the other folks but like he's always such a always like such a like a nice guy and the idea of him like having a strong dislike for somebody else seems a little out of character but maybe that they were like he felt like they didn't think very highly of him i i, I don't think that that's unfair like if they were like if they were like no well you're an idiot you fucked us you fucked the whole organization way to go and he's like well what the hell i can't work here with you if that's what you think <laughs> yeah but uh i i would hate i i, I would hate I hate for that story to become the story <laughs> to be true because mm-hmm. it just empowers so many of the worst instincts of, of people who really want to hate Shapiro. I, cause I, because I could see it very much from his side too, which is, you know, guy whose benefactor is going for sure at the end of the year, guy whose contract is up, uh, just saying fuck it and, and, uh, and, and going for it. it. It did a wonderful thing. And I've had a lot of people, you know, in, in my criticisms of Anthopolis, and I think I've mentioned, you know, the state that that, uh, that he left the team in when Shapiro came mm-hmm. in, and people would be obviously like, yeah, yeah, they're killing it at the gate, you know, best attendance in baseball, but you know, all these TV ratings, uh, uh, you know, and, and and while that is not untrue, uh, it, it it changed it changed things, and it it changed them in not a great way for Shapiro, certainly for somebody who had to actually think about what's going to happen in 2016. Uh, in 2017 and down the road, um, you know, as great as all those things were and as, and as bad, I've t- I don't know if we talked about this. I don't think we talked about this last week, obviously, but, uh, but as, as bad as Dan Norris has been, Jeff Hoffman has been, uh, you know, go down the list of the guys that AA traded that every, that, that Shapiro was supposedly so supposedly so uh, upset about uh, haven't worked out well, but then you have to start to think about, what he did to compensate for the fact that he didn't have a Dan Norris, a Jeff Hoffman. He goes out and pays a lot of money to Jay Happ, to Marco Estrada, to, to Francisco Liriano and has to shape the team in a completely different way and use these resources. He kind of, he kind of had no choice, but to, uh, but to do things. That's the way that Anthopoulos left the team, set it up that, you know, that the choices were sort of narrow, narrower for Shapiro uh, in terms of how he wanted to, to, or how he could use this wonderful gift of new resources and, and, uh, and try to harness that going forward. It was. It, it, I, I don't think it was easy. We're seeing. You know, we saw in 2016. It was tough to uh, to keep it together. And, and you know, as much as a lot of where the roster is is, is very much on Shapiro at this point and on, on Ross Atkins. You know, it's uh, uh, there are still echoes from the just putting his goddamn brass balls on the table and thoughtless at the end of 2015 <laughs> and at the start. You know, there is echoes of what he did there um, that are still affecting the team and. What's unfortunate? I mean, it's unfortunate that he left and didn't have the chance to do it. But it it, it makes it so difficult to to talk about, uh, to think about, you know, the what ifs, uh, because I think that uh, you know I would love to have he, that because that like I said I guess about the the thing that I wrote for the athletic, you know, looking at how you know the, the Jose Reyes problem, he sort of kicked the ball down the the field a little bit when it became a Troy Tulowitzki problem, and and in a lot of ways you can mm-hmm. follow the line back to you know, poor deals early on, you know, he ends up getting, uh, you know, having to trade for Johnson and Burley and Dickey because Brandon Morrow doesn't work out. Ricky Romero doesn't work out uh, because he's had such trouble uh, getting the the top starting pitching that he, that he needs. Uh, And it would have been great to see how he would have figured this out, you know? And and, Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know that uh, I don't, I'm sure that Shapiro and Atkins have not figured it out in the way that Alex would have, they've made different choices and, and uh, and and they have to wear some of those, but uh, I don't know what my exact point is about this, but uh, but yeah, it uh, 
it's 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 a it's it's a thing. I don't know. I just was rambling. I guess. Please. Well, pick me up here. <laughs> there. I don't know if it's like a well, it is a kind of a poker saying, but going all in works every time except once. Like it works. It works every time but once, right? Like you you can you go in and if you move all in, um, and everyone folds, uh, it's great. Or if someone calls and you win, it's great. But as soon as someone calls and you lose, you got no money left, and that's sort of. Uh, what happened? Like there are no takebacks on the whole flag fly forever thing, uh, but uh, all the all the other points that have been made by you and everyone other other people about you know the building is still full and the tension and the love is still high. The the good thing about that is, or the bad thing about that is that that all stops in 2018. Like all that's going to go away. 2017 is all like echo from making the playoffs two years in a row and having that high level of. Uh, of attention and interest and everything there's no way that attendance will be anywhere close in 2018 to what it was in 2017 uh, I, and, and I, I'm sure that, that that has been accounted for at some point in the uh, you know in the in the grand scheme grand plan in terms of uh, like that those numbers are going to take a dive especially if the team starts slowly um, yes. where some of those flex packs might not get picked up or some of those flex packs might end up on the secondary market or whatever, however you want to look at it. But there's no way that pop, the, the attendance is going to continue. So, so there, there's not going to be that anymore to, to, to lean on. Uh, and that, which is probably why there's been all this talk about maybe changing the name of the, or, you know, selling the naming rights because uh, that shortfall, like that budgetary shortfall is sure to come. Again, because there's just no way that those those tickets are going to keep getting sold forty thousand a night or thirty five thousand a night for a team that finished fourth last year and is um, shaping up. Yeah, you, you sound know, like you don't early. you don't really believe in the twenty eighteen Blue Jays just uh, very much here. Well, I, I, as as, as current as as currently assembled, it, no, because the <laughs> team isn't finished yet. It's not a finished product, but uh, uh, it's going to take another another run up. It's going to take another. Uh, well, it's going to take a lot for that team to be good. From here, the team that sits, you know, on on the forty man roster and whatever else, to, for that team to be, become a competitor that's going to warrant selling all those tickets, there's a long, a long road to hoe, I guess. Uh, but yeah, we don't even we don't need to talk about Alex Anthopoulos anymore. We've uh, we don't need to, uh, you know. Re-adjudicate this decision. The, the 2016 yeah. primary. Yeah, no, we don't. Yes, no need to relitigate this thing over and over and over. <laughs> um, except for one thing, of course, which is newsy, newsy as it is, uh, at a very, uh, very timely and important piece of news, which is um, the Blue Jays resigned one of Alex Anthopoulos' draft picks. They <laughs> yeah. resigned uh, Deck McGuire mm-hmm. to a minor league deal. He was with the Reds a little bit last year. Got a little bit of run in the big leagues, and uh, his first, uh, you know, drafted in twenty ten, first rounder, first uh, taste of the big leagues in twenty seventeen. The the great talent, uh, the great talent scout, and uh, and, and and scout himself uh, was unable to notice that Deck McGuire probably not as good as Chris Sale, but uh, but here we are. But yeah, I don't know. Deck McGuire is just a bit of depth, so. Not nothing, nothing to even think about. Other than that it's fun <laughs> to say he should have been picked instead, of, or he should have <laughs> gone after Chris Sale, not before. Yeah, uh, I think Yasmani Grandal was picked between the two of them, so that, uh, that that's another pick that maybe the Jays should have. Sale, of course, you know we joke, but at the time it was like, look at that guy thin as a sheet of paper. He's clearly going to break down. He's clearly going to be a reliever. I uh, can't blow a first round pick on a reliever. So no, so here heaven, we go. Heaven forbid. Heaven forbid. Yeah, but uh, that's it's it's one hundred percent unfair. It's not Deck McGuire's fault that Chris Sale turned into like an amazing you know Cy Young runner up like four years in a row or however many times he's been in the top three in the Cy Young. He's an amazing pitcher and and he deserves deserves a lot of credit. The White Sox deserve credit for keeping him healthy. And uh, and then there he is out there still throwing two hundred innings of unbelievable baseball for uh, the stupid Red Sox. But um, that's not Deck McGuire's problem. Deck McGuire can only do what Deck McGuire can do, which is I don't know. He throws ninety five. I got somebody tagging me in one of those pitching ninja gifs where he yeah look at that arm side run. Sure, wow. great. You know, out, out of the bullpen, out of the bullpen, yes. Out of the bullpen. I don't think as much in the uh, in the rotation. But he had he was in Double A. He went down to Double A this year. Uh, had some very nice numbers. Has, has struggled, I think, even as a Triple A pitcher for most of his career. I mean, I'm just quoting 
from memory what I looked at on his Fancrafts page, but you know, had a nice year. Uh, has a has a, a genuine starter's repertoire. Pitched in the big leagues wasn't bad. I don't think it, you know. I don't think his splits looked weird. I don't think you know. I think he was getting lefties and righties out. It. it uh, I'm not saying mm-hmm. Deck McGuire is ever going to be anything, but um, I think you did. I think. <laughs> I think <laughs> you did. You just said what I heard was you <laughs> replicating like. Quoting basically Corey Kluber's entire entire uh, progression through the minor leagues. Corey Kluber is twenty five, had like a five ERA in AAA. He's Deck McGuire. Deck McGuire is Corey Kluber, two times Cy Young winner. Coming at you. Hey, he's got Way that go. got that pedigree. No, I don't know. It's yeah. a, it's a smart <laughs> it's a smart depth pickup. I mean, any of these guys with you know the minor league deals with an invite, like bring them all on. I mean, they're the Jays are at least in a position where. Uh, They've got a rotation spot that's open, so mm-hmm. they're a little bit desirable to guys who are who think, "Fuck it, I can pitch my way into a job here." That's not uh, not any not every team that is you know pretending it's going to be a, a halfway decent can say that. So bring them on, bring all the Deck McGuire's, bring all the Deck McGuire's, and if you want the Blue Jays to be decent in 2018, there's one good way to do it. One, I mean, not a sure way. One way to to increase the chances that would be if you were the Blue Jays and you signed Lorenzo Cain to be your starting center fielder. Uh, he is an upgrade over the current start, uh, center fielder. Mm-hmm. Um, Lorenzo Cain's a nice ball player. He's one that I, he's a Royal that I don't strongly dislike. Um, in that, I like him because instead of, he, Lorenzo Cain is the opposite of those other idiot Royals. And that instead of being like a blue chip, highly touted prospect who settled into like an oddly mediocre average career that coincided with the, the most amazingly fluky playoff runs of all time. <laughs> yeah. And now that these guys have got like championship pedigree, Lorenzo Kane came out of nowhere. He was like a really, uh, you know, uh, he wasn't the same blue chip prospect kid playing every insane, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, showcase event and mm-hmm. have playing on these insane travel teams. Lorenzo Kane's story is actually quite amazing of, uh, of how he went from just being a guy who was looking for something to do to being like a very nice ball player and 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 a, and someone who is at a well above average hitter, uh, and and runs really well and plays the outfield with a plum, um, and he he does the things that the Blue Jays seem to be wanting, or seem to want, from their team. He is uh, quote unquote athletic, again with the stolen bases and the fleet of foot and the fielding and playing a, a premium defensive position, and he can hit a bit too. And as all everyone. Not not because the Royals are shitty at developing players, but because apparently Coffin Field is the largest ballpark in the fucking universe, so no one can hit there. Um, but Kane can. He hit. Mm-hmm. He had like about a 110, 112, 115 weighted runs created plus over the last you know three or four years. Not a lot of better outfielders, center fielders in particular, than Lorenzo Kane. Um, that doesn't mean that I think he's the right way for the Blue Jays to go. Um, I, as a, as a, as many people would be, am a little wary of his age mm-hmm. because he's all of thirty-one. <laughs> it's what we do now. It's horrifying, but uh, you know, are his? I guess the question is the 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 million dollar, the probably seventy-five million dollar question is: Are Lorenzo Cain's best days behind him? And a question that you, neither you or I can answer. No, but here we are, going to yeah. do it anyway. I mean, yeah, it, it's he makes them better immediately. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It, 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 this is a thing not to go too far away from the Lorenzo Cain question because it, it's it's sort of central. Obviously, you know, uh, not just necessarily him, but just how big you go on twenty eighteen is it, it. It felt in September as the season was winding down. You know, if there was there was more, uh, there more people seemed to be on board the idea. Like, damn it, you know the. It was it was Donaldson's. I, this is what I said all summer, right? Donaldson's health, not having Sanchez. You know, there's a better team hiding underneath the results of 26 or 2017 than than it looks like, right? I mean, I, I do believe that, uh, and it feels now people are getting a little bit of cold feet because they're thinking, well, fuck, are the Yankees going to get Otani? Are the Red Sox going to get Stanton or Carlos Santana or some other big bat? And they're already really fucking good, and the Yankees are fucking good. Uh, and the Astros are fucking good, and Cleveland's fucking good, and so you're, you know, you're playing for, you feels like you're playing for a play-in spot, basically, already, which mm-hmm. maybe isn't necessarily true, maybe things can break, but it, but it really does, and, 
you know, that's okay. You could still have a good season and not mortgage the future too much and still try to, to be decent uh, and not just completely tear everything apart because of that. Uh, I still don't want to see them, you know, go into... I, I don't think they can even... They can't really do that at this point anyway, go into, like, 100-loss territory. they got to have something here for when Vlad Guerrero Jr. gets here. You want to you wanna drop him into a good team. You don't want to waste the first, you know, three league minimum years of his of his contract, uh, of his big league service on bad teams. You know, you want him to be, you you want there to be decent players around him at, you know, once he gets here. Well, Um, no, you can just get him to sign one of those Jose Altuve, like money for nothing (laughs) deals. Like here, take literally nothing for seven years and then uh, we're good to go. Uh, Sure. If they want to do that, that's fine. But I, but but the point being is, yeah, it is. I mean, I think it might've been Blue Jay Hunter or there's someone, someone else, you know, there are people, maybe, maybe this is the time to trade Josh Donaldson. Maybe, you know, maybe that's mm-hmm. how you try to be good. You 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 acknowledge that you're not going to get good enough to be beyond the playing game conversation. So maybe you try to keep yourself in that sort of tier while also doing a bigger thing for the future, which 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 would be trading Donaldson, uh, or would be you know certainly not looking at a guy like Lorenzo Cain. Um, that's a tough question. I, I I don't know how where they how they should do that. What what they will do that. How they think about that. The fact that they're looking at Kane, I guess, suggests that they really do think. You know, let's go for it now, and we'll keep trying to figure it out. Which I you know I appreciate. I would like to see them try to be good. Um, but yeah, the you know a five year deal or a four year deal even to to a guy like Kane is uh, it feels problematic, especially when it's like. He's a center fielder. Pilar's a center fielder. Alfred Hernandez, ideally, you know, like all these guys. Hernandez, you could, you could put any of them in a corner, but I mean, they would look best in center field because they're, you know, probably not going to, you know, just what they're going to hit isn't going to be, you know, you can't, I don't know if you can have an out, outfield of Alfred Pilar and Teoscar Hernandez and expect to be good. I don't know if that no. gets enough, right? <laughs> no. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and say no. Yeah. Um, I mean, maybe, but no. Uh, yeah, it's just real scary. It's really scary the idea of of what appears to be damning the 2019 and 2020, which which would hopefully um, be the you know the Vlad Guerrero led years, uh, damning them to just being so old and bad, uh, you know. And then you you and rather than kind of evoke the. Um, you know the Philly. You don't want to be the Phillies, but I mean, it almost it, I think I think about you know Carlos Delgado and and Sean Green, right? Where like these guys are coming up and they're playing brilliantly with not a lot around them. With the end of Joe Carter and Joe Carter's there hitting cleanup every day, whatever it might be. And uh, I just you don't want that, right? I mean, yes, the, there is there is pos- there is reason for optimism. Twenty eighteen, you can't if you think that that. The 2017 Troy is all you're going to get moving forward. Well, then, you know that's that's a pretty serious thing to to have to overcome because of the amount of money that he makes and the amount of time that he will then make it. Um, and, he, and, and, you know, and, a, and I think I think it's probably. I mean, it, like it was dire. It was real bad. But I, you know, I refuse to believe he's a replacement level player just yet. I, I maybe that's too much sentimentality on my part. But yeah, I, I think. Right, well, but it, it's but it's also what a goddamn thing to have to hinge your thinking about how to build this team on, right? Uh, we 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 have done and we will continue to do some really special pleading around Torchulowitzki. Where 2015, it was like, okay, well, yeah, he's been bad, but like he was a five win player like a year ago, right? And now yeah. and you know he had a 171 uh, weighted runs created plus a year ago, and now it's well, that was two years ago, but you know, and then and then in 2016. He had a bad like six weeks, and then he had a great three months, and then he had another bad six weeks. But it's like, okay, well, those three months were pretty great. But now we're getting those great, those that great play from Tulowitzki is becoming like further, for, you know, fewer and farther in between, um, which is a little scary, um, and, and it makes it makes it complicates these kinds of conversations, right? It complicates that, and and you know, while the while Guerrero and and Bichette and look to be well on their way, and maybe twenty eighteen is. When you'd see those guys, you know, hopefully, potentially, um, you know, what are they going to have? You know, that 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 does beg that question: like, what is going to be around them, and and is it Donaldson? And are you signing Donaldson for for however long? I, I don't know. We this is the same question we can ask and we can entertain every week. I don't think that we should. I think we should 
barrel through. But I mean, it, it all they're all related. You can't have a conversation about signing Lorenzo Cain without talking about what it means for Josh Donaldson, without talking about what it means for Troy Tulowitzki, without talking about what it means for all the other pieces that are in play. Um, because I think that those are the big ones, right? Tulowitzki and Donaldson are the two kind of like, I don't know, bellwether. Is that what you, how you describe them? Are they the canaries in the coal mine for what, you know, lack of a better term? I think so, yeah. You know, yeah. As 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 they go, I mean, you know how Donaldson's going to go, but as Tulowitzki goes, that's going to dictate whether or not Donaldson goes, and then you kind of go from there because you know the the other everything else is 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 fine, right? You still got Stroman for a few years, and you still got Sanchez for a bunch of years, and mm, yeah, you have one year left of Hap and Estrada, and then not a whole hell of a lot in behind there. But well, you, that's also, but gonna... you also have a lot of money at this point, right? You have like. Uh, their payroll is pretty high. They're, they're 165 this year, is what it's, mm-hmm. you know, and that, like you said before, probably will go down as the as the gains of 2015, you know, dissipate. Um, which a lot of people, to go back to sort of the earlier conversation, will will put squarely the blame on Mark Shapiro for for wasting that momentum, even though it, it was it was a very difficult uh, situation just because of how you know. The tools that he had to build the roster from there and to, to go forward, uh, having mm-hmm. to having to pay all that for all that pitching and, uh, but yeah, it's uh, I, I I don't know. I mean, but but like it does it does feel like we're wavering on even the whole idea of what uh, of what twenty seventeen should be. Uh, I I I I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I, I guess, and I guess, just to come back to the Lorenzo Cain thing, and I think I said this already. It's like I just, I just don't see it. Like, what is it? What is this team in 2019 if Donaldson's gone and you have Kane and you have one more year of Morales and Smoke and you have to fill the Estrada and Habs spots in the rotation plus whatever the empty spot is right now, uh, and you still have Tulo. You have one last year of Martin. Those guys making 20 million each. I mean. Uh, I don't think I don't think you know as much as we're all real high on Vlad Jr. I don't think it's a straight swap. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> Donaldson goes and he comes in and everything stays about the same. Uh, that's putting perhaps a little bit too much on him. You know he would, <laughs> he would he would still be good, but yeah, it's you'd still be good as evidenced by four-time World Series champion Mike Trout. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know Mike Trout, who's played what three game three playoff games in his career, despite yeah. being. The best player since fucking Mickey Mantle. I mean, Jesus Christ. Um, we haven't talked about. Uh, we did talk about Bo Bichette, which is related to. Uh, I think Josh House from uh, BP did it, and uh, yeah, I believe you made a point similar to this. Um, that because we've seen what we've seen with Bo Bichette and his option, and the fact that he chose the Blue Jays means the Blue Jays are going to sign uh, Shohei Otani. So none <laughs> of this exactly matters. That's exactly what that means, yeah. You've, uh, you've already, you're plugging two holes, two birds with one stone. He can play the outfield. He can pitch. All problems are are uh, are, are solved. And it's just happy days. Um, I will note, I'm going to, and you know what? This is a spoiler alert. Mm-hmm. There's a posting for a job in the Blue Jays front office. And I'm not, I won't describe what it is because no one really cares. But qualifications goes on about... Uh, experience doing this, doing that, uh, sports industry experience as an asset, uh, ability and willingness to work evenings, weekends, and holidays as required by baseball season. Uh, yeah, of course. Uh, last one, ability to speak Spanish. I'm going to do them in a different order than they're written for a dramatic effect. <laughs> Spanish, French, lips on the microphone, or Japanese is an asset. Spanish, French, or Japanese. What this Blue Jays job um, job description there you go. requires. There you go. It's a done deal. Dan Evans. It's right work. there. Yeah. It's right there in black and white. <laughs> Otani is going to be a Blue Jay. Right? Well, no, clearly not. But uh, No, not at all. There's no hope. None uh, whatsoever. I, He'd have to pick. Yeah. I do. I, I, it's dumb. I do have hope. I do. I have not like completely ruled out the possibility in my own head. Well, um, so much for your Globe and Mail column, then. Right? Yeah. Why are the, Jesus? Yeah. Why are the Jays talking about that? Not and not pretending that they're really trying to. Like, so I think somebody tweeted at me. What? Is it, like, what? Is it, does Cajal want Ross Atkins to like 
hold it, be holding up a contract in front of Donaldson's house every week? Like, and how, like, like what, are, what, holding, does he, what does it even mean? Holding up a holding it up uh like can say anything he's holding up his ghetto blaster but it's playing like uh <laughs> like highlights loopholes in the collective bargaining agreement for josh Jonathan to hear well and now also you talk about you know nobody cares about this internal position oh apparently people care very much about the inner inter office workings of this team when they can use it to slam the dirty foreigners running the team that they don't like if uh, there's okay. one good <laughs> if there's one thing that i like to use as a cudgel it's a posting on Indeed. Let me tell you. Um, uh, I can't imagine a better fit, quite frankly. That's Ross Atkins mm-hmm. tapping up in the uh, in the footy terms, tapping up Shohei Otani. He's tapping him up. It's a done deal. And that's a, that's of course provided that the players' association are going to let them get this deal done, right? Or the not the players' association because of the. Well, yeah, Owners, they're, they're but... the one, yeah, but the the PA is holding it up apparently. I can't imagine. I mean, unless they unless they curb guys coming from Japan, which I don't think they can do. You know, they might make a they might put a hurdle in there somehow. But clearly, Otani is is not. You know, this is what everybody's saying. It's, it, it feels like it's obvious. Or it, it feels like maybe it's like maybe it couldn't be true, but he's not motivated by money, right? Like, I mean, he couldn't be because of how much money he's passing up by not waiting these extra couple of years. So whatever little hurdle they're going to put in, I don't, I can't imagine him not coming. And then of course he's going to sign with the Blue Jays because they've got that high performance department. You know, gotta love, uh, gotta love, uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I think the Blue Jays the, might know, have got, a serious problem. I think the Blue Jays might have a serious problem. And I think that serious problem might be prioritizing. <laughs> are we talking about Otani? Or are we talking about Carl's garbage article now? Because I could go either way. I, well, I'm, we've we've segued ever okay. so classily in the transition. The Shohei Otani conversation, that there isn't really much to be said. Um, if you don't know about him, you are not listening to this show. Mm-hmm. Um, you do know about him. He's a two-way phenomenon. Though there are people who are like, oh, I don't think he's good. Joe Sheehan, the fount of knowledge that he is, said <laughs> yeah, that uh, okay. he doesn't think he's going to hit. He's like, he's not going to hit. Well, he also said that he that no North American team is going to let him be a two way player. Which, yeah, or I think he said he's not going to play in in America as a two way player, and everyone's like dunking on him. Yeah, he's going to play in Canada as a two way player. Fucking a. Uh, which I think the Jays will do it. I think. I mean, that's not. Why wouldn't they? Don't get me wrong. I don't want to. I don't want to hold off this call bullshit too much, but. But I mean that that is what we brought up. What you said at the start, the Bichette thing is you know they didn't fix, they didn't try to fuck with that weird swing that Bichette has, and mm-hmm. he uh, he very much valued that. Um, and I, I mean maybe maybe other teams will. I'm sure other teams will pitch in much the same way. They also they also the Blue Jays, uh, your Toronto Blue Jays, uh, stealing a bunch of taxpayer money in Florida. They can just build a whole wing for Otani at their at their complex down there. You know they put it in the plans. Just give him. Just give him everything he wants, and it'll be uh, spring 2019. It'll be right there for him. Any, any, anything he could possibly dream of in terms of uh, that's part. Of, that's got to be part of the pitch too. All this beautiful taxpayer money in Florida going to uh, finance the Blue Jays' new facilities. <laughs> Extra large eel tent? Is that what they're? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Whatever, whatever Shohei wants, please take our money. Take our hard-earned money grifted from the fucking taxpayers of fucking Florida of all places. Well, if they, if anyone's got money to burn, it's the tax. It's the people of Florida who are who are known for their lard gas. When it, it, it comes it, to it. Don't, yeah, they the the civic infrastructure. Don't worry, the the sea isn't going to rise too much in the next fucking fifty hundred years. They'll be fine. Fifteen years. Um, I didn't say uh, you should have. Uh, yeah, I mean. It doesn't feel likely, but maybe, but, but he seems like a wild card. Like you said, it, he, it doesn't care about money. He's going to pick and do what he wants to do. And if the Blue Jays are there doing their due diligence and, and, and showing up, and they're not the Red Sox or the Yankees or even the Mariners, right? They don't have that built-in kind of Japanese connection. They're not as close, but but hey, stranger things have happened. Uh, you Darvish Dan, signed in Texas, goddammit. Yeah. Dan Evans has been over there doing work, right? Dan um, Evans straight up doing Sean Connery from Rising Sun, just like. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, now what about this 
Call Kelly thing. I, I I'm always very sympathetic. To, I'm not sympathetic. I I am. I I have a much. Uh, I, he doesn't bother me that much. I think he's fun. He's a nice writer. He he's very. Uh, uh, he's very Are clever. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> I got a lot of time for Call Kelly. I do. Yeah. Yeah. You want? Yeah. You gonna remember when he fucking. It's like 70 degrees Celsius at the World Cup. And he's like, what are they doing taking this extra pause here so they don't overheat and die? What, what has happened to the beautiful game? I, you know, I, I've, had, I'd have, I've had pleasant conversations with Kyle. He was, I've said before, he was our, the, one of our very early, maybe our very first guest on Drunk Jays Fans podcast many, many years ago. Uh, or he was supposed to be, but he missed our call. And then we just ripped him for like a half hour. Uh, and then he called after we were on the air and was like, what? You guys ripped me? What the fuck? But I've, I've had pleasant conversations, but he's a troll. He's a, he's like an erudite Steve Simmons. It's, it's, it's just, it's complete horseshit. And the logical fallacies and like the shit that he, it's just, it's so bizarre and so transparently petty. Like, I think it's him and Simmons that were up on the, uh, up on the Blue Jays bulletin board and he he can't get over it. It, It's something fucked up because they, these guys just. They they are so transparently grinding their axe about other bullshit, just trying to, to trying to to knock down the the front office and to use whatever leverage they can out of their platform uh, to make the the team play nice with them, which uh, which sucks. Because I mean, you read the, uh, there are some there are some points to be made about how the Blue Jays handled. The sudden and tragic death of Roy Halladay as a as a PR uh, exercise uh, points that I I cannot imagine why fans you know give as much of a shit as they do right now uh, except for the fact that they've been told that something bad has happened and they've been told that you know this is something worth caring about you know like the you know Paul Beeston fired a bunch of people nobody you know maybe people were mad but it, it, it just it's taken on a completely different tone because of who the people running the team are and how receptive people are to shitting on them but there are legitimate concerns in there but still if you read through Cahal's piece it's just it's completely it's completely nuts it's completely fucking you know what like what the I don't know what the fuck is he talking about uh, the, the, talking about prioritizing uh Talking about their lack of ambition uh, by not going after Donaldson, but uh, or or but by saying, oh, they're they're but holding up this Otani thing, like, oh, this is ridiculous. Uh, they should know better than to go after Otani, and then saying, oh, they don't have the ambition to sign Donaldson. I was like, well, what, which is it? I I don't know. It's just it's, and it is you know exactly what you would have thought he would write, which is sad because he's better than that, I think. Uh, but that's what you constantly get from him. Uh, and from Steve Simmons, and uh, you know it's bullshit. Fans deserve better. The fans of the Globe Mail, or the fans of the Toronto Blue Jays, fans of the Blue Jays, fans who have to like you know this gets <laughs> this gets picked up. This gets into the conversation. This is you know this now we're talking about it. Now other people are talking about the points. They you know it's still uh, as as fractured and as as full of all sorts of voices as media has got. These, these, these guys still have a, ble- a big platform. And uh, when they validate morons in the way that they think, uh, it, it gets out there and I inevitably have to deal with it. And it fucking bothers me. I do not need this. Oh, the comments under, under Carl's uh, article are terrific. Uh, because you see, the Jays are owned by suits. And Alex Anthopoulos did not want to work for a suit. And also, um, Paul Beeston, uh, these guys will undo in three seasons what what Paul did from 2008 to 2015, finally bringing some respectability back to our franchise. Like, could you move the goalpost a little wider for old Pauly there to just wander on through? Revisionist history is just fucked. (laughs) Uh, Anyway... Um, I think that's about it. We've been going on for a little, a little bit longer than I thought. The only other thing to talk about is Jose Bautista, um, who uh, may have closed one door or one uh, one part of his life may have closed. Another one is beginning. He's getting married today as we're recording this, um, as told by Marcus Stroman's social media. I don't know <laughs> yes. that there was a otherwise a, uh, a, a photography or a, uh, um, uh, a, a social media blackout. 
But I I don't follow oh, any other like ball players no, or anything. Uh, uh, Sportsnet tweeted about it today because they did they they had a gif that was the bat flip except he had like a bouquet of flowers that he flipped. I Which was is pretty I, cool. I was like, holy shit, sports! They, they okay? That brand has uh, has successfully uh, social media to me, you know. And and as we all know, <laughs> fans really really care about the inner workings of uh, how they're being PR'd to. They it's really it's really important to them that they feel like a family with the nameless people uh, who are working in an office somewhere, uh, setting up interviews and doing and doing you know grunt work on the PR front. Uh, it's really important to fans, and they deserve accountability uh, when a team decides to change the structure of a department. I think what is important is who is at this wedding. <laughs> that's what's important to me. Yeah, that's true. And watching Marcus Stroman's uh, uh, Instagram, um, these are things that people care about. And I saw uh, much. I was a little surprised. Danny Valencia on the uh, on the guest list. Yeah, I at thought Jose they didn't like Danny wedding. Valencia. Wasn't that, that doesn't ever, everybody's heard that, right? That was the, that was the Danny story. Valencia, and nobody a, liked Danny Valencia. Yeah. Get get him out of Oakland. Get him out of Seattle. Is he still in Seattle? But yeah, I guess. Uh, I guess somebody did. Somebody liked him. He, he got to show up. That uh, Jose Bautista is actually getting married at the Breakers, which is like a very, very expensive resort. No, look uh, now. Marcus Stroman's got the first dance on his Snapchat. Woo! So Marcus Stroman, see, Stroman is smart in that he puts different content on different platforms, right? Don't just spread it all out there. Oh, Make perhaps. me go to both. I gotta perhaps go to he's both. Gonna, uh, perhaps he's gonna get this job you were talking about. No, no, it wouldn't be suited. He's not suited to that job. But, uh, uh, speaking of Danny Valencia, just about the revisionist fucking history, just let him go on waivers. Oh, well, they didn't like him, so, they, you know, that's a, that was a, he had some value there. Uh, and people were not pleased when that happened. Uh, but then the team got really good right afterwards, so it turns out that nothing from 2009 to the middle of 2015 ever happened. Thankfully. The Brett Laurie deal. The Brett Laurie contract. Brett Laurie, uh, that was a decent piece of uh, business there. You traded poor Sean Markham. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and then what? whatever happened to that Brett Laurie? That's interesting. After. This is the thing. Uh, perhaps, perhaps, uh, you know, I am quick to point about the, the revisionist history, but I suppose, well, you know, when making the greatest heist in the history of Major League Baseball does give, does give one... <laughs> A little bit, a little bit of leeway. I, I, I can appreciate the ridiculous fucking heist, uh, the just, the just embarrassing, just pulling Billy Bean's fucking pants down. Um, I guess that does have to count for something. How much? How much better does the if Ryan Goins the franchise is that... in ruins? It is a smoking ruin of a fucking baseball franchise. It literally. Goes without right back Donaldson? through that deal. Yeah, it's been. I know they're waiting on they're waiting on their new stadium to bother spending money, but it's still. It, I mean, the deal that I I still like the David Price deal, and David Price did everything you ever could have asked, except he did not pitch especially well. He pitched well, but not especially well in the playoffs. I can't help but think that if Ryan Goins made that catch on that pop up that he dropped out behind second base, we are even looking at. David Price differently. That was a great deal. I make that trade all day long. I don't care how much control years you give to the Tigers of all people. Like the Tigers, they're going to screw it up anyway. Even without Dave Dombrowski, they managed to screw it up. It's impressive. They'll be they'll be okay. They'll, they if anybody's got money to spend, then they'll once they once they trade Ian Kinsler to the Blue Jays, then they trade Miguel Cabrera to the Red Sox. I, it's going to be a party. Yeah, I do think I do think that there's some. Uh, there's something interesting in the fact that, you know, Alex came in. He had to trade his ace. He had to, you know, uh, you know, had no choice but to move Halliday. And I know he did a couple little deals afterwards, but the very last deal of his last year, the last significant one, was again was trading for a rental ace, and basically was chasing that uh, his entire time here. If only he'd kept Halliday. I don't know why the fuck he traded him. What stupid deal was that? <laughs> Um, that's about it for this edition of Birds All Day. As you know, 
Uh, Birds All Day is a Patreon-powered podcast, powered by our listeners, all of whom uh, we appreciate and thank for tuning in, for listening through uh, thick and thin, listening through November when there's nothing going on, listening in the middle of uh, two consecutive playoff runs. So thank you to everybody who has done that. Thank you to all the people who have signed up um, of, of late at Patreon, because what we started doing not too long ago was something we call Super Bad, which is exclusive Patreon content. For right now, you got to go over to Patreon and sign in over there to get it. Um, I believe Stoughton, uh, correct us if we're wrong, but there is a link so you can uh, get those podcasts directly through iTunes. Yeah, there's like, I think there's provided RS- you're a Patreon. Yeah, there's an RSS link or a link on the Patreon page. Uh, if you're if you've signed up, if you're if you're a subscriber, supporter, whatever the hell they call it, a hero in my books. Uh, top right corner of the page, basically, or not maybe maybe not the very top right, but you'll you'll know what I mean when you see it. And it's a link where you can go to iTunes, go to whatever podcatcher that you use, uh, and when it's you know you can go to add a add a podcast, paste that in, it'll call up, and all those super bads will come in just the same way that it does uh, the regular podcast. So thank you to everyone who signed up uh, at any point at the beginning, in the middle, of late. We appreciate it all. Um, we're going to record Superbad uh, right after this. We're going to talk about uh, award season, which uh, which was happened over the last week. So we'll talk about the uh, MVP awards, which um, one particular Blue Jay got, got some MVP love, just a little bit from a Toronto writer. Take that for what it is. Uh, we'll talk about the Cy Young. Uh, Marcus Stroman got some Cy Young attention. And uh, we'll just, well, we can look around and just, you know, the, if you know me, you know that I love talking awards. If you know Stoughton, you know he hates it. So that's going to make for a good time. Uh, as as uh, I will be pulling teeth and uh, splitting hairs. And Joey Votto, of course, a, a, a very regular topic of conversation on Birds All Day, uh, finished second. Also, I'm going to say, because because it's just for Patreon subscribers, it's a little, you know, it's a little looser, a little less uh, formal. Uh, you know, less stuff's going to get out there, so Drew's going to tell us what he really thinks about that Cahal Kelly piece. <laughs> yeah, all my 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 public veneer <laughs> will fall. Uh, so that's it. If you haven't already, go over to iTunes or or your podcatcher of choice, as Stoughton said, and uh, subscribe. Uh, and also, when you're there, maybe drop us a rating or a review. They tell us it helps. Um, if you, uh, of course, you can read everything that Stoughton um, does there at Blue Jays Nation, uh, where you can find links to his work at Vice and at the Athletic. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Andrew Stoughton. You can follow me at Drew Groff, where you'll find links to articles I write for Parks about dog shit that show up on the National Post. And uh, I don't know, maybe I'll do some more. I've got a that couple fucking, ideas. Fucking right wing rag, eh? Holy shit. Hey, let me literally write whatever <laughs> I want. Anytime. I've taken Conrad's money myself. I certainly cannot complain. Who wouldn't? Uh, so that's it. That's it for this edition of, uh, of Birds All Day. We'll be back. Uh, well, next week it'll be American Thanksgiving, so not much, not too much is going on. But I think something's going to happen this week. That's my, my you know. Getting close been... to the 40-man deadline. Uh, you know. True. We're getting forth to the 40-man deadline. Uh, Jerry DePoto's already made like three trades. <laughs> we, talk, uh, we didn't talk just... about Profar. The, was it Joel Sherman was talking about the Yankees maybe looking at Profar? And, and, and in, your, in your absence, I said, no, fuck that. The Blue Jays should get him. They should. They should, even though he hasn't hit at all in the big league level. They should. The Rangers kind of jerked him around. He didn't have anywhere to play. But anyway, we, we can talk about that another you, time. I think so. Do you think he thinks meets clash? What is, is that what you're saying? I'm just wondering you, if, he, if Profire believes that meets clash. I don't think that he would. Assume, I think that he would not believe that. I don't think that meets would clash. He's uh, he's from Curacao. You know, the, the, the people they have a good time. Just throw all kinds of meat together. Meats don't clash. A little throwback. I don't know, has, Tra- has Travis Snyder signed in Korea yet? Like, what's has, has that happened? That should have happened. Hasn't happened. Fucking five that years ago, yeah. He'd go over there and just just smash, smash taters. Oh, we haven't talked about Eric Thames. He bought a suit of armor, <laughs> like twelve thirty at night. What a stud! Uh, that's it. That's enough. Uh, super bad award show edition. Super bad. Uh, for all the Patreon subscribers, make sure you head over and uh, and check it out. Check out the other ones we did because uh, uh, they're they're fun and uh, and stuff you can't get uh, just out there in the streets. So 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 uh, so dial it up uh, for Andrew Stoughton. My name is Drew Ferris. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs>